Very good afternoon. Helps if I put the microphone up, doesn't it? It's Niall Boyle with you for the next hour or so. Uh, before we get into today's topic, we will, just remind you, we will be talking to Sharon Kogan, Senator Sharon Kogan, a little bit later on today about the situation in the D Hotel in Drada. Now, politicians in Drada are concerned that plans to turn the town's largest hotel into a centre for asylum seekers will devastate tourism in the area. And local councillors in County Loud will hold a town emergency meeting uh, tonight to discuss the government plans to convert the four-star D Hotel. Now, I don't know whether you know the D Hotel, but it's practically a five-star hotel. Um, I think they actually applied for a five-star at one stage, but were turned down for some particular reason. I don't know why. But anyway, it's a beautiful hotel. It's the largest hotel in Drogheda. Um, Drada has already been ravaged economically over the last 10 years. For example, I worked there for many years and it's a wonderful town. But the main street was destroyed when they opened two shopping centres, one at each end of the town. Um, so that took the kind of the vibrance and the life out of the town. Now there is many other things that has happened in Drada over the last few years, including only recently Marks and Spencers, by the way, has closed or has announced they're closing down, which is going to be a lot of job losses too. But now this, on top of everything else, is not good for Drada. And I don't know what the plan of this government is, but to continually take up hotel space all over the country to the point now where it's getting full, the hotels are becoming full, we're now at about 40 or 50% occupancy with immigration and with refugees, is going to destroy tourism to all these small rural towns. I don't know what the government's plan is, nobody seems to know, but whatever it is, it's a reckless plan. It's absolutely reckless. I have never in my history as 60 years of age in this country and watch governments come and go and yes there's been corruption in governments in this country and we can go right back to the 80s the days of Charlie High right up to Fianna Fáil practically destroying the country in 2009 which was part of a global effect not just Ireland by the way that was part of a global effect although we did it in style in this country but what the government are doing now in Ireland is beyond belief they're completely ignoring the will of the people their policies are reckless they're continuing to allow people to flow into this country. And all of, a lot of those people, by the way, deserve our help. On humanitarian grounds, they deserve our help and they deserve our support. Those that are genuine and those that genuinely need help. But there's no limit to the numbers of people that are allowed to come in now. We practically have open borders. And if you listen to some of the protests that went on both last night and the night before in Drogheda, on both sides of the argument, people who were refugees were also protesting as well, who are already living there, by the way, over the last number of years. Many of those are English accents. They're not coming directly from countries far away. They're coming from the United Kingdom because, of course, many immigrants in the UK believe that they will be chucked out because of Brexit or since Brexit and the decisions that are being made in the UK. And the easy option is to go to Ireland because we're quite generous. You won't be sleeping on the streets. You'll be sleeping in a four-star hotel. Currently, at the moment, I have a friend who lives up around Mount Street near the I-Pass Centre. And it's like Tent City. And that's obviously the purpose of using this hotel now is to get those people back off the streets. But they'll be replaced by more people who come in next week, the week after, the week after, and there is no end to it. And you've heard some sound bites over the last few days from Hallam McEntee. You've heard sound bites from the Minister of Integration, Roderick Gorman, or Gorman, suggesting, oh yeah, 60% are economic migrants, we need to do something about that. Hallam McEntee saying, you know, oh yeah, we're going to charter planes, we're going to start deporting people, we're going to get tough. They're not, because if you look at the small print of that, Hannah McEntee points out that it's part of the EU Immigration Pact, which won't kick into effect till May 2026. So what are we going to keep doing between now and May 2026? Are we going to keep doing what we're doing every single day, allowing people who should not be here, people who have no documentation, no passports, many of them, come into this country who are not adding anything to our economy. They're costing our economy money, massive amounts of money. 
at a time when other things are failing in this country, and we already have an accommodation crisis, we're adding to it. That's my little rant for the moment. But I will be talking to Sharon Keoghan in around half past two. And we will have that up on Twitter and Facebook by three o'clock or in and around that time. So stay tuned to that a little bit later on. If you're looking at my social media right now, you'll see that interview and we will put it up there. It won't be behind a paywall or anything like that. It will be up there for you to see because Sharon has real concerns about what government policy is doing to Ireland. Anyway, on a lighter note, well, but I don't know if it's a lighter note. As you know, we cover news stories. And yesterday we did cover immigration to some degree when we were talking about, you know, people's pets or Ukrainians' pets. So we didn't want to kind of cover the D Hotel on our main live show today. But we will be covering it, as I said, with Sharon Keoghan a bit later on today. Because we don't want to ignore these stories. But we don't want, we don't want you to be sick of them either. Um, but this particular story I thought was of interest. And I think it affects most people. Because as far as I know, the stats say that 87% of people have children. Now, there are always going to be people who don't have children. Some people choose not to have children. And sadly, some people can't have children. I understand that too. So I'm very conscious when we're doing this topic that there are people who can't have children. Uh, and my heart goes out to those people, particularly if they do want to have children. But I'm going to read this message out to you. And I'll tell you why I'm reading this message out, because it, it relates to a story that's actually in the news uh, that I'll come to in a second. But we had got this message some time ago, and I thought it was relevant to the story. It's a sign of a real problem. And I'm in a real problem. And I'm sure you have never discussed this. Myself and my wife have two beautiful children. They're six and nine years of age. I'll be honest, they can be a handful, especially the six-year-old, who's a boy and is always on the move. But then again, that's what kids do, don't they? All in all, they're good kids. But they are hard work. My wife, who, is the mo who was the most amazing woman, has become filled with regret when it comes to our two children. I've got to the point that I love going to work just to get away from her giving out constantly. She did originally embrace parenthood, I'll be honest, and I encouraged her to go back to work, but she made a choice herself to stay at home. It wasn't my choice, it was hers. She wanted to be a stay-at-home parent, and thankfully we could afford it. My son and daughter are good kids generally, but they have their moments, and especially my son who needs stimulation. He's a little bit hyper. When I get home from work, she's constantly angry and giving out about every petty thing that they're doing. And it's got to the point now where my daughter has come to me and she's told me that she's being, or she's crying on, on a, a regular basis saying that their mother is shouting at them all the time. She keeps telling me that she hates her children and that she regrets ever having them. And if she could do it all again, she'd never have kids. I find this so hurtful, but I'm sure it's not uncommon. She says her social life has been destroyed, her holidays in the summer have destroyed, been destroyed, her finances have been destroyed, and there's nothing positive about it. I've tried everything to make it easier and taken so much time off work so that she can go out with her single friend who I'm sure is the root of all the problem and made her feel the way she feels. Because she has no kids and she goes on about how great her life is or so are told. I'm at the end of my patience. My own boss is concerned about the amount of time that I'm taking off when my wife calls me and asks me to come home just to let her go out for a few hours. She has all day on her own, to be honest, because they're both in school and I'm dreading the summer when they're off again. What will I do? Please help. Is this normal? Single or signed? Desperate. Now, the reason I picked up on that email, which was probably about two months ago, actually, I never got around to it at the time, is parents often refer to their children as their pride and joy. But research now shows, and it tells a very different story, that having kids doesn't necessarily make people happy. Most parents feel that their children are incredibly important sources of satisfaction. And according to Jennifer Glass, professor of sociology at the University of Texas, 
and a demographer who studies the relationship between parenthood and well-being, she said it's not always happiness and it's not the same thing as financial well-being, good physical health or good emotional health and that many parents show regret when it comes to having children. Research also shows there is a happiness bump that parents experience just after the baby is born, but that dissipates over the course of only one year. While having kids does boost life satisfaction, she says, it comes with its tremendous amounts of responsibility and daily stress, and this results in a roller coaster of very highs and lows. And over the course of their experience of parenthood, many parents regret having children. So if a professor is saying children don't make you happy all the time, that was the question we wanted to ask today. Do you regret having children? And many people secretly do. They won't tell you that. Now, I want you to be honest today. And it's not that I want you to turn around to me and say, no, I regret having my kids and I hate them. Because I don't think many people are going to say that. Or maybe they will. But if you could do it again, knowing that you love your children and you wouldn't part with them for the world, and I understand that. But if you could go back and tell your young self or give your young self advice, would you say, don't have kids? Or would you say, no, go for it. Your kids are going to be gorgeous, by the way. Your kids are going to be wonderful. So thinking that you will never know your kids, because it's hard to be, kind of process this in your mind, because you have kids now and you love them and you love them dearly and you wouldn't part with them. Well, maybe you would. But thinking about that you didn't know you had them ever and you could go back and tell yourself whether to have kids or not, what would you say to your younger self at 19 or 20 years of age? Would you say have kids or would you say, listen, don't have kids. It's going to mess your life up. Do you regret having your children? That's the real question. And the number if you want to text or WhatsApp us is 85 That's 85 David. Hello. Yes. Hi, Dave. How are you? Yeah, sorry. Did you call me David? I did, yeah. I know. Only your mother ever called you David. And that was when you were in trouble. Usually when she was pissed off, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got my full... Come when on, I was in trouble, enough. I used to get my full title. Niall Boylan. <laughs> yeah so Dave do you regret having children no not for one second but are there, Honestly, mo are there moments really, are there moments when you no, regret having children no I, I, I genuinely honestly my hand to God on my mother's grave I, I have never ever once ever regretted having kids mm. any negative emotions I've ever felt towards parenthood have been directed more at myself and thought Jesus maybe I'm not cut out for this or I'm not going to you know I'm not doing a good job or God, I really hope I don't fuck this up because it basically means I'm in a balls in somebody else's life. Yeah, I um, hope I don't break no, them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, no, that's exactly it. No, I have, i dead honest with you. I have, and look, I mean, you know yourself. I mean, it's it's an emotional roller coaster. One minute you're on an absolute high thinking, I've got this in the bag. I know what I'm doing. And then an hour later, you want to crawl under the stairs and just cry yourself to sleep. Mm. You know, but that's, that's the nature of parenthood. Like, you know and I, mean? and I, you I can know. tell people from experience, because my kids are all over the age of 22 now at this stage, right? But I can tell them from experience that when I look back at my children's lives when they were young and, and you know, the age your kids are at, I only remember the nice bits. There were lots of bad bits, by the way, where they drove me insane. But I only remember the nice bits. They're the ones that make me but, smile. But you know what? Yeah, but like, as bad as things can get at times, and look, they can. I mean... You know, particularly when you're doing it on your own, you can become so neurotic about stuff. And, you know, you think about it a couple of days later, you're like, that doesn't really matter. And when you're in the thick of it, you can feel like the most useless person who's ever walked the earth. But at the same time, 
the, the good stuff, but when you think back at it, that, that far away is it. Like, my, my youngest fella turned around to me on Sunday and said, I love you, daddy, and blew me a kiss. And I'm not ashamed to admit this. I cried for an hour. It was, you know, I mean, and that that memory would be like deep ingrained in, in my know, head for the rest of my life. I, I had a silly, I, I had two little cries, but I remember one was my daughter was 13 years of age, and we were over at Harvey Norman's, I think, and we were crossing the road. And as we went across the road, I went to take her hand, and she went, "Dad," like this, right? And I went, "Oh, no, she's not my little baby anymore, right?" <laughs> and then the other one was my son was 16, and he was starting to make a bit of money online, and he bought me for Christmas a gift card for GameStop, right, for 10 pounds or 10 euros, I should say, yeah, for GameStop. And he gave it to me on Christmas Day. So it was the first time that I got a Christmas present from one of them that I didn't pay for myself, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I could I burst into tears. I thought this is the nicest thing that's ever happened to me in life. You could give me a you could give me ten thousand and it wouldn't matter with this ten euro gift card. But just the thought behind it. And hey, I come here, listen, I had the exact same thing in Smith's ties just before Christmas with my older fella. Um see his birthday is on the twenty first and he he cleaned up this year now with money and cards and stuff from people. And um, we were walking up to the to the cash register. And I'm going to admit, when I was a kid, I was one of those you know, kids who was really into Pokemon. And I was like, what's that? And he goes, well, man isn't around to buy you a present this year, so I can get this for you. Oh, so no. he bought me an action figure of my, of my favorite Pokemon. Oh, I that's so nice. <laughs> and and but, I, don't, I don't even mean like a, a single tear. I mean, bottom. ugly crying. <laughs> he was, he was, he's like, Dad, are you okay? I was like, yeah. I was like, I, I was like, I'm sorry. I can't stop this. And he's like, please, you're, you're, re, you're making a scene. And yeah, I was yeah, like, you, and, you were like the bold kid in the shop, in the toy shop. <laughs> oh, man. I was there. I was like, oh, my God. Thank you so much. And he was like, just give me your bank card and go out to the car, please. <laughs> go out to the car. <laughs> Stop making a fool of yourself. But okay, what about you this know, email? So, so the email, the, the husband says, the wife keeps saying she hates her kids. Now, she's clearly hanging around with this single one that has no kids and life is brilliant, etc., etc. So she's hanging around with her and now she hates her kids. She says they're destroying yeah, her life. I hate my kids. That's a fucking... I mean, I don't like my kids or, God, you know, if they don't go away, I'm going to smother one of them. You know, you can, you can, you know, you can imagine saying stuff like that. If you use a word like hate, I mean... I had a quick look for the crack, and there haven't been a hell of a lot of large studies done about parents who regret having children, but one of the biggest ones was between America and Germany. But what they found in is Poland in particular, the, the percentage of parents who regret having their kids is like between 10 to 13 percent. What they found a lot of it is like people in poor financial situations, um, of course, you know, people yeah. who had their children young, single parents, parents who may have had um, a child with special needs. And what they found is in Poland, like there's a lot less in regards to say, um, social care, like stuff that we would have, you know, nets we would have if, if, you know, someone was to fall on times and hard times. So you can kind of understand then why people might regret it when you are in a bad situation and there isn't much hope. But like this woman's situation doesn't sound like that. I mean, they're fairly well off enough that she can afford to stay home and not have to go out to work. And he's taken loads of time off. He's given her plenty of time off to go out with her friends. Um, so maybe she just falls into the category of somebody who just shouldn't have had kids. I mean, I know someone in my own personal life who she had this idea of like she had a big fuck off wedding, fancy this, fancy that, blah, 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 blah. Then they had a child and unfortunately the child has some stuff going on now. He is the most beautiful little boy you've ever seen. He's he's absolutely gorgeous and 
you know, he, he will be fine in the end. But I think the problem was she had this idea in her head of like, this is what marriage is going to be like. This is what having a baby is going to be like, you know, because like mm-hmm. even she's been around my little fan and going, oh, you're so lucky you have this and this with him and, and this and this. And I'm like, you have your child. You know what I mean? You yeah. you had a, a really not great introduction to parenthood where your child is there. It's almost like, not that she's jealous, but almost that like to a certain extent, she kind of resents her own child. Because it and, and that's what happened. People do when, when when their lives become difficult with their children, they start to resent having children. Dave, save me for a second because I want to go to Maureen and Norman. But just before I do that, I need to go to Joe. Joe, hi, how are you? Uh, not too bad, Dave. Good afternoon. How are you? Good. Now, Joe, I know you you don't have children. She don't. No, I don't have children. No, no. Okay. But um, I, I I'm very concerned there by that by that predicament. Um, you know, when uh, Elaine rang me there a while ago, no. I know a lot of women, they, they have major problems and everything like that, but um, it is a bit strange. Like, you know, like, you know, I always thought like that, you know, that, you know, a person who has, a woman who has kids like that, she'd be delighted to have kids and she'd be able to bring them up and teach them good morals, teach them respect and everything like that. Um, I yeah. feel this woman is in a bit of a crossroads. She's kind of doesn't know whether she's coming or going, really. Like you know. Yeah, she was. She's um, a kind of a sing. She's a single woman in a marriage. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Oh uh, yes, yeah. Yes, do you understand yeah. what I'm saying? It's in other words, she's married. I but, but I, I think there's a kind of regret there of getting into a relationship and having children. The fact that she would say she hates her children—that's a really strong word. I mean, people well, go bonkers every now and again, but to say you hate your yeah, children. Yeah. Well, look, look. I know a lot of people. I know we. we the, we all, we were all children, we were all kid children, uh, 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 you know, in our time before we became adults. And we all, we all, we were all, we were all a handful, but I don't think our parents ever went down that road and said that they hated the children, you know? No. I think that, you know, it's, that's not, a, that's not a good, uh, that's not good logic to be doing really in my book, you know? I think it's, it's very disturbing, and I think this is the problem we have. I, I look so you can't give them back. It's not. So it's not like when you buy something and you don't like it. You can't give them. You can't give them back again. And, and exactly for a lot of people, they see no end to that. Well, eighteen years, but even then, there's no end to it. Yeah, to see, like if she if she's having regrets, no. Um, I don't know. I think I think there's something there's something psychotic going on in the mind, you know. And I think this is where the problem, you know, relating to certain cases over the last number of years with children, like, uh, being killed by their parents and wow, yeah, all I know. stuff. No, I'm not, Infant- I'm not infanticide has become more common, unfortunately, yes. But yeah, that, yeah, but, but, yeah. That, but a lot of that is to do with, you know, particularly newborns, you know, and, and this is not the case, certainly, in this email, but um, unfortunately there is a situation where women can suffer from post-traumatic stress uh, or not post-traumatic... Uh, uh, it's gone out of my head. Anyway... They can suffer from stress and depression after pregnancy. So, I mean, that can be a huge, a postnatal depression, I do apologize. Uh, that can be a huge problem for women. And that's why we're seeing, we see an increase in kind of what they call infanticide, uh, which is really, really horrible. Um, and, but unfortunately, a fact of life, and it does actually happen. Um, but stay there for a second, Joe. I've got to take a quick break, and I've got to come to Maureen as well in a second. Niall Boylan has been told to shut up from the time he was in school. But all through his life, they just keep telling him to shut up. But not anymore. Because now he has his own live podcast, the Niall Boylan Podcast. Stay there for a second, Dave. Maureen, hi, how are you? Uh, good afternoon, Niall. Good, Maureen. I mean, do you, how many children do you have, Maureen? 
Three. Three. Did you ever have moments where you hated your children or regretted having children or said, God, wouldn't life be so much better if I didn't have any kids? No, I didn't. But you would have, you know, like anyone else, especially after working, because I used to work nights and come in at the weekend, especially Monday morning. Mm-hmm. And you're getting up again after maybe two or three hours sleep. And three girls, sometimes they'd make the battle of the sun look like a picnic. <laughs> you know, and you'd have this. And you know, oh, that's true, because you're exhausted. And uh, many of the time, you know, we'd have our little arguments and things where you and I'd look at them and say, the day now that you find your own place, I'll be at the door waving you off. <laughs> I'll have peace, right? But you say these things, okay? Yeah. And they just find it funny. But I never regretted having them. Mm. But this woman, this is a different situation altogether. This man, the, 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 in my belief, this father has to ask this, his wife to actually leave. Because this is bordering on, this is dangerous territory from what I'm after reading and listening to. Yeah. This well, isn't well, to going say, to yeah, go to, well. To say you hate your children is a kind of yes. step over that line, isn't it? Yeah, you have crossed, well, whatever you have crossed about, the line. Yeah, whatever about, you know, when father comes home, mother's going, oh, for God's sake, you're not going to believe what Johnny did today. Will you sort yeah. him out there or whatever? You know, that kind of stuff. But to, to suggest that you hate your children and to have your kids, yes. your daughter come and crying to you saying their mammy's constantly shouting at them all the time. Yes. You know, that's a problem, isn't yes, it? The, yes, I, I, from reading and listening to you, I think these children are in danger. And I think the father can see it. Hmm. But he doesn't know how to go about it. And my advice to him would be ask her to leave. Yeah. And they have to sort it out. And then she, she'd have to go and, and speak to somebody. Yeah. Because she it may end up that they're going to split up now. She will have to leave and leave the children in peace because she's damaging. These children are going to be damaged now because they're walking on eggshells. No, children definitely feel that. I mean, if you if you hate your children or you're saying you hate your children, there's no doubt that the children will actually feel that. And I'm looking here, by the way, in relation to what Dave was talking about, you know, the financial aspect of it. In a study, it was shown among the parents who claimed that the financial situation was bad or rather bad. The percentage who regretted parenthood was 21.4%, whereas among those individuals who only sometimes experienced minor financial problems, the percentage was 12.2%. And among parents who did not have financial problems, ironically enough, it was 13.7%. So it's quite clear that, as Dave is right, financial worries. Yeah can make you want to or regret your children more. Uh, yes, of course they can. But you see, look, it's, it's like it's even in the animal kingdom. Not every woman is, is cut out to be a mother. And mm. some women think that, oh, you know, everything in the garden is going to be rosy. You know, when you're little girls, I'm going to grow up and I'm going to get married and I'm nah, going babies. to have children. And yeah. I remember saying, because I'm an only child, I remember saying one time growing up, well, I'm not having any children because I wasn't used to being around children. Uh, being an only child, I had a different, I had a different mm. outlook. But when I had my children, it all changed. But D- now this is the problem. Mm. This, this happens, and not you see, it's everything is. But there's always one in the relationship, be the male or the female. There's yeah. always one that wants the children more than the other. I mean, Dave, in your relationship, that's right. Was it yeah. you or your wife that wanted the children more so? Oh, was it was it Michelle. It was Michelle. Yeah, so there's, there's always one in the relationship that wants the yeah. children more than the but other. But I will say, though, in defense of men, I will say, like, for a woman, I mean, obviously, due to just the very nature that the woman has given birth to the child and has the child grown inside him, it's, for a lot of men, it's, it's not until you actually see your baby that you really become a father. You know, mm-hmm. that's, 
that's when it's immense for you because until the child is born, everything is still kind of, um, you know, all up in the air. You know, apprehensive. You yeah, you're out, apprehensive until yeah, that point. Once, yeah, you're like, Jesus, am I going to do a good job? What's this going to be like? You know, is it going to be ugly? All that kind of stuff, you know. But, like, once you actually um, see your child... All babies time, are that, ugly. That, All babies are ugly. Uh, yeah, I, was, I know. I was actually... The first, very first thing I said about Kitty when I was born was, Jesus Christ, he looks like your dad. You know when people go into hospitals <laughs> and they go, oh, your baby's beautiful. And they're in the hospital the day after the baby's born. Let's be clear. You're only saying that. The babies generally aren't beautiful just after they're born because yeah, they've just been pulled out of someone's and... stomach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> they're all wet looking and crinkled and they've odd shaped heads and they're, they're not really beautiful. They're beautiful it's after a few months. Clear. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Maureen, all yours were beautiful, weren't they? Oh, yeah. Of course they were to me. <laughs> of course they were. <laughs> and I know, you know, and you say when babies are born, right, people say, oh, God, isn't he or she lovely? Yeah. But you're not going to say anything else, really, are you? Yeah. Or when they turn around and they say, God, it's the image of you. I don't look like that. <laughs> exactly. You're not going to say that. Yeah. But getting back to the topic. Like a comb. Um, this, yeah. yeah. This, is, um, this is an entirely different situation altogether. Mm. This is, um, uh, it's a dangerous situation now. And um, uh, again, I will say it, the only thing I can see for her, this is that woman has to leave and take time away from the family. If you could go back, by the way, if both of you, right? I know you both love your children, Maureen and Dave, right? Yeah. And you don't regret them or regret having them, you know, in any situation whatsoever. But if you could go back to, you know, young Dave and young Maureen, <laughs> 19 years of age, Knowing, not knowing that you had children. Do you know, I want to distance yourself from your children because I know you love them and you wouldn't change it for the world. But would you say to yourself, have kids or don't have kids? Dave, you first. Would you say to yourself, have kids? I wouldn't change a single thing. And we had our kids young. We were like 21 and 22. And I've, I've genuinely thought about this myself. I'm being honest with myself about it. And I wouldn't. I wouldn't change one single aspect of anything because 22-year-old Dave was an immature little gobshite. And having kids made me, force me to mature and become the person I am today. And I couldn't imagine being anyone else. You know, it equipped me with the tools that yeah. I needed to basically tackle life. And considering all the crap that myself, Michelle had to deal with down through the years, if we hadn't had kids, I don't think I would have been half as effective or as helpful as I was. So not, not one single regret. Okay, and Maureen, you've no regrets either, no? When I say no regrets, if you could go back and no. tell your younger self... Now, I, I, that doesn't mean you don't love your children and you wouldn't part with them for the world, and I understand all that. But if you could go back and tell young Maureen at 18 years of age to either have kids or not have kids, what would you say? If I could go back? Well, you see, I, you see regret is a funny word. Yeah, well, I, I, I don't, yeah, I don't want to use the word regret. Right? Decision. No, decision. I, decision. I, uh, what I, and being honest, here, I had my first um, daughter. I was only 20. What I would have done is I might have put it off having my children for another few years and lived a bit Yeah, enjoy it. That. Enjoyed your life a little bit more. Honest. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no, that's fine. That's fine. Let me go to Norman. Stay there. Let me go to Norman. Norman, hi. How are you? Hello, Niall. How are things? Good. Norman, I mean, for a wife to say she hates her children, is it, you know, it's, yeah. it's a bit much, yeah. isn't it? It is. It is. She's obviously very resentful uh, and wasn't prepared, which a lot of people aren't. Uh, I wasn't prepared when I had kids, you know. I, the Norman 
prior having children and the normal now are two different people, you know, and yeah. you wouldn't recognize each other, you know. In, in what in what respects? Uh, in in um, well, but when you have children, you, you see things differently. You know, you, you become less selfish and less uh, self obsessed, and and concerned about your own joys and, and happiness. You know, well, there's nothing wrong with being concerned about your own joys and happiness, is there? Certainly not. No, you have to be. You have to have a certain amount of selfishness. I have a sister-in-law who's the opposite, who's not selfish. Yeah. But uh, puts herself always on the last line, and that's very wrong. Mm-hmm. That causes also a huge amount of problems, you know, for her and for her children. Yeah. You know, so you do have to be selfish in a certain to say that. Now, how many, I mean, many kids have you got, Norman? How many kids have you got? Two, two kids, okay. and a girl. And, it, and they're older now, obviously. Yeah. Um, but but yeah. if you could go back, you know, looking at sure. the, the life you've had over the last 18 or 19 yeah. years, whatever, with your kids. Yeah. If you could go back to young Norman before he had children and say yeah. to him, you know, don't have kids. Or have kids? What would you say to him? No, I, I wouldn't say don't have kids. I say, listen, uh, you need to be prepared. You need to go and do a bit of growing up. Want a better word? You know, it's not going to be uh, like a lot of people get married, big wedding, think it's going to be great, and then they're in a relationship and they find their relationship is harder than they thought. And the same with having children. Uh, everybody's you know how great have a few babies and be happy and sorry. It doesn't always turn out that way, you know. The no. kids. Uh, have mental or physical issues or learning difficulties, and now we were very lucky with our kids. We had some issues initially uh, with, with, uh, with learning and things like that, but we overcame them. But for a lot of people, uh, you know, ones who are autistic or severe autistic, and uh, they're up. I know a couple the the kids hardly sleep, and they hardly sleep. You know, it must be a nightmare. No, I'd say it is. I know, I know couples who've been in that situation with young children who just don't sleep. And 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 that can have a huge detrimental effect on your health because obviously you don't get to sleep either, you know. But what would you say to this husband whose wife is constantly telling him she's constantly giving out about the kids, and yeah. she's obviously now. The, I think what's important in this email is she's hanging around with a girl who's a single girl with no yeah. children, and your woman yeah. is telling her how great her life is, which is probably not having yeah. a, a good effect on her. But what would you exactly. say to this this husband whose wife is constantly telling him she hates their kids? Yeah. He, he has to sit down and talk to her, and uh, she probably needs uh, a third party to come in, um, some some psychiatric help and and or counselling help, mm-hmm. and uh, that she has to figure out what does she want to, uh, you know, like you, you can't go back to when you were eighteen, nineteen, twenty. That that time was gone, you know. There's some people who don't never seem to grow up, so they are constantly longing for the good times, you know. So either she decides to get about that, or just leaves mm. and 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 leaves the husband and the children. Because if that if they don't mean, if she's not prepared to uh, give up her life for them, I would. Oh, oh you're gone. Oh, you're, yeah. yeah. But she has to accept the situation as it is. She'll never be a, a teenager or a young adult anymore going out nightclubbing and whatever no, it is. No, I think that's what she obviously misses. She misses her social exactly. life. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the sacrifice you make, isn't it? Exactly. Exactly. That doesn't mean you give up your life like my sister. She gives up her life totally. It's just crazy. You know, she goes too far. But it depends on how many kids you have. And it depends on how many people you have around you. If you have a mother-in-law, mothers around you to help mind the kids, at least you can get to go out. Yeah. But some people don't even have those kind of supports. 
no, no, no. And, and the funny thing is, my wife didn't have those supports. We were over here in Ireland, so we had no family. Whereas she had a lot of uh, her grand, her parents and and brothers and sisters to help her. But she was still she still too yeah unselfish to to make time for herself. You know what I mean? Stay there just a second. Let me go to Angela. Angela, hi. How are you? Hi, Niall. How are you? So a husband tells, or a wife constantly telling the husband, he's constantly taking time off just to pacify her and kind of keep her happy, but that she's, she hates the kids six and nine years of age. Hates them. Um, I suppose one thing that I look at it is I can't tell her how to feel. Mm. I can't tell her, you know, to change her mind. I think it is a thing that she obviously has to take a step back. She's got to take a step back and, um, you know really take a look at her life. Um, I think maybe hanging around with this single woman with no kids can be a, you know, um, it can be an eye-opener for some people in one way. I don't mean... It's a bit of a bad influence, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah. Because no harm harm to the single woman with no kids. But she's probably saying, oh, come on, let's go out at the weekend or come on, let's go away for a weekend or let's go over to Spain in the summer. I'm going over with Mary for this. And are you coming? And you're just going, well, I can't. I've got two kids, you know. And and that's it. That is, you know, um, and I don't, I'll, I'll, I'll pull you up there. I don't think it's a bad influence. I don't think that's fair at all to say. She's she's a friend. Um, you know, and uh, she's single and she can go and do what she wants. Yeah, she's no responsibility. She yeah. yeah, she doesn't have to answer to anyone. Um, and if this is the way that this mother feels, then yeah, I think she should take a step back because it's, um, it's, it's, of course, it's not nice. Not nice to hear that a parent hates her kids, especially at that age. You'd say something if they were like 25 and 30 and drug addicts or murderers or something. But when they're six or nine, you can't, um, you know, you can't, uh, Mm -hmm. how do I put it? You can't tell her how to feel, you know, and maybe a breakaway will make her realize, you know, that, okay, you know, everything isn't rosy in the garden on the other side. The grass isn't always greener on the other side, Mm. you know. But but having kids is a huge responsibility, Angela. And for a lot of people who who don't have children or, or haven't had them yet or whatever, I don't think they realise how life-changing it is. It's completely life-changing. You no longer look after yourself. And I'm sorry to hear that, by the way, Angela. But you will never never understand, um, not you personally, by the way, but, you know, if you haven't got kids. It is me personally, because I'll never know what it's like to have to put somebody else in front of me. That's what I'm saying. So you, you forget you know, about yourself and your priority becomes your yeah. kids. I mean, there's an interesting message here on WhatsApp that says, no, I'm not going to come on in fear of people recognise my voice, but I'm completely understand how that woman feels. I have three children and they're selfish, needy arseholes. I genuinely wish I could go back and tell my younger self never to have kids. I do kind of love them because I have no choice, but I definitely don't like them and, ha- and have a regret yeah. of having them. And that's the thing, like, I suppose now, let's say a lot of, most of my friends actually have kids. And um, there, there's sometimes where you do kind of sit back and look and go, well, if that was my child, I'd do this. Well, if that was my child, I'd do that. But I can't say that. Mm. Do you know what I mean? You, you can't because, you know, and I do look at it, and especially nowadays. Now, not really with a six-year-old or a nine-year-old because I don't. Well, when I see a lot of the teenagers out there now, I'm just going, Jesus, I'm delighted I didn't have kids. I think, and maybe it's just me because I'm old-fashioned, I think kids have changed. 
And I think, oh, and I don't think it's genuine. I genuinely don't believe it's their fault. I think it's the world around them. I think it's social media. I think it's all the other influences yeah. they have around them, right? But when I'm children, when, when when I was a kid, we relied on our parents because we relied yeah. on our parents for entertainment. We relied on them for the days out in the park. We relied on them for Christmas presents. We relied on them for everything, right? They yeah. th- that they looked after us. But now they don't rely on us anymore as much as they used to because no. they have their friends on social media, they have their Playstations, they have their all sorts of different yeah. things that entertain them. And I'm going to be honest, I find the vast majority, and I'm sure there's some great teenagers and kids out there, but the vast majority of them, I agree with that person who texted in, they're needy arseholes. And they're selfish, they they're selfish, um, they're yeah. ungrateful. I mean, you spend, you give up your life for them and you prioritise yeah. them in your life and then when they become, you know, once, and usually they're okay up to the age of nine or 10. That's, I, so I'm surprised at this one with the six and the nine-year-old. It's when they get to about 11 or 12, you, they become completely ungrateful they're for everything you do for them. Now, <laughs> they are little shit is all I can say. I mean, they ignore like, you, yeah, they're rude just, to you, they're cheeky yeah. to you. You know what I mean? And you know what yeah. I put this, just like now, you know what I put it down <laughs> to as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. What I put it down to a lot of the time, and I'm sorry, I'm not a parent, so I can't, you know, kind of say, you know, oh, this is what I do or anything. But it is, we always had, and I have said this a billion times over, we always had a healthy fear of authority. Okay? Mm. We were always afraid of the guards. We were always afraid of our teachers. We were always afraid of our mum and dad. We were always afraid of our neighbours. Do you know what I mean? Having a cigarette down the road, oh, shit, there's the next door neighbour, like. Now they don't care. They literally don't care. You know. And they would speak, they would speak to you in a way that I would never have dreamt of speaking to my father. Because I can tell you now, if I ever spoke to my father in the way that I see children talking to their parents nowadays, my father would put me into the middle of next week. (laughs) Do you know Niall, right? And I'm not going to say who, I'm not going to say anything, right? But I know a child that turned around to his father yesterday and called him a stupid effing see you next Tuesday. Right? An eight-year-old. And I, my jaw dropped. Yeah, see, my if I had to say that's my father, I wouldn't be existing today. Oh, my God. No, no. And the thing is, it got into a shouting match where the father was a wanker. He was an asshole. He was a bastard. He's, and I was standing there going, oh, my God. Like... I, if, if I swear now in front of my parents, right, the only time I'm allowed to swear in front of my parents is one, if we're watching a rugby match, okay, and two is if I go, ah, come here now, sorry about this, but that was a load of shit like. I've n- I never, it's up to the day that my parents died, I've never sweared in front of them. No. but, but And I've never heard either of them swearing either. Yeah. No, and uh, because my mum and dad, like, they're both 77 now. Um, and we were brought up with respect. We were brought up with manners. We were brought up with... Do you think, even, do you think children have lost that? And is that our fault? I'm not my personal fault because that's obviously parents, my kids are... That's the parents' fault. Yeah. Sorry, Norman? That's, that's the parents' fault. I think that's the parents' it's fault. It's the parents' fault. The, it's the parents' fault. Uh, like I said, I don't know what happened in, in the 90s and the noughties, but if you see how children behave or people behave nowadays, it's, 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 people have lost all manners. But that's the society that we've evolved into and the parents who, who can't seem to uh, teach our kids basic etiquette or basic manners. I mean, they can be just damn rude and they can just ignore you and all this kind of stuff. And, and but that's not the way we were brought up. Okay, but stay there for a second, Angela and Norman, if you possibly can. 
Niall Boylan has been told to shut up from the time he was in school. And all through his life, they just keep telling him to shut up. But not anymore. Because now he has his own live podcast. The Niall Boylan Podcast. Jessica, hi. How are you? Hello, Jessica. Oh, hi. Hey, <laughs> sorry, that's all right. Jessica, okay, well, let's see with the email first. Um, you've listened to what Angela had to say in relation to it, but <clears throat> so she says she hates her children. That's what she keeps telling her husband anyway. They're only six and nine. Oh, I mean, if I was a husband, it'd be a bit of a red flag to me. And mm. I do, I am probably going to sound, I'm probably going to sound like a red flag and probably toxic for saying it. But I'd, I'd get rid of that friend, if you can even call her that. Because mm. she's just flaunting her, non, her non-responsible filled life in front of her. And obviously that is going to affect you. But to say that you hate your own children, for what? For existing. They're six and nine. What, what could they have done for you to hate them? I, I, think, I think she hates them because she, she says, where's the email? They've destroyed her social life. Where is it? Oh, yeah. She well, says her social life has been destroyed. Her holidays in summer have been destroyed. Her finances have been destroyed. And she says there's nothing positive about it. Yeah, well, sadly, that is one of the catches of having kids. Like, your social life will go downhill. I wouldn't say you can be destroyed, but it will go downhill. You won't see your friends as much. Your finances will have to be kind of divided a bit more to, to go towards the kids. Like... When people say like, "Oh, kids do this, they do that," that's just the that's just the catches of them. And there are some people out there who are unfortunate enough to can't have kids for whatever reason. And then you hear someone like this saying, "Oh, I hate my kids because of X, Y, Z." I think it's disgraceful. Yeah, but these, I, do, I don't like I, I, I don't like one. conflating the two. Now, it, you are it is unfortunate that one in five I think women can't have children or whatever it is, whatever the statistic is. I think it's one in five. And, or it could be one in seven, actually. But uh, but that statistic, you can't mix that statistic, statistic up with somebody else who can't have kids. Because I've often heard people say, I don't want children. And I hear no, pe- other people say, oh, go on now, that's, you're so selfish. There are people in this world who can't have children and you don't want them, you're so selfish. So I don't, I don't oh, think no, don't put the two together. Wrong, no, don't get me wrong. No, yeah. Don't get me wrong. If she, if she never wanted kids from the beginning, I, I, if someone came up to me and said, oh, I'm 21, I'm a woman and I don't want kids for the rest of my life, I'd say, fine, that's fair enough. It's not for everyone, it's not everyone's cup of tea. Mm. But to have them six, nine, unless she's been harboring these feelings for the past nine years and six years of these kids' life, something has gone askew and she does need to see a therapist. But I, I don't think she's, I can't, I can't make myself believe that she's been harboring these kind of feelings towards them for this long. I mm. do think the, the friend is having some sort of outside influence as well on her. So you think a lot of it's the friend's fault because she's kind of jealous of the friend's life? I wouldn't say it's mainly her, but I would say she definitely would have a part to play in it because, like I said, she's flaunting her her life that has no responsibilities. She can do whatever she wants, go wherever she wants, do do whatever, see what, whoever. And she probably is thinking, oh, well, I want that. But sorry, well, love, you now have kids, you now have priorities. Sorry, Angela, no. Ben, yeah. The, the, the thing I'd say about that is, um, hi, Jess. Um, mm. is like, let's say, because I am, I'm a, a single person. Well, I'm in a relationship now, but I'm a single person. Um, and I've often looked back and said, God, how different my life would have been if I'd had kids. And now I'm going, Jesus, no thanks. 
you know, I'm having the time of my life. But then, you know, to see, and, and I know this isn't what you mean, Jess, but it could be a thing of, so does it mean Thank that you. women okay. who have kids shouldn't hang out with women who don't have kids? I'm not saying you they know, shouldn't, but it sounds like this woman is kind of almost poisoning her mind. You know what I mean? Like, like I said, for all we know, she could have been having these feelings about the kids for years, but I don't think that's the case. Yeah. And I do think this, I do think this woman is probably being a bit toxic and still in her head. But is that, but is that her fault? When you, when you say she's being a bit toxic, let's say her single mate is saying, oh, listen, me and the girls are going out tonight. Are you you coming out with us? Oh, me and the girls are meeting up tomorrow afternoon. We're going to have a coffee over in such and such a place and we're going to go for a walk. And are you coming? And she's kind of going, I can't, I've got the kids. My mom is not available to buy the kids. And so I don't, I don't think it's the friend's fault. I mean, you're, you're allowed, you're allowed to be single. You know what I mean? How do we know, though? How You're, do we know, though, that she's not saying things like, oh, could you imagine if you didn't have kids, what what would you be doing? What would your life be like? Mm. Like, we don't know what she could be saying to her as well. She could be just saying, well, oh, we're going I, out. I can tell you. Going out to I can tell you, come. Niall. If, if, I, if I was saying that to any of my friends, right, that have kids, like, let's say, three of my girl best friends, one has five kids, one has three kids, three kids, and the other has three kids. And if I had turned around to any of them and gone, Jesus, can you imagine the life you would have had without them? I can tell you where they'd tell me to go. So that's why I don't think this is the, the, the friend is putting anything in her head. No parent would ever turn around and go, actually, do you know what? Yeah, you're right. I shouldn't have had kids at all. I hate them. I'm, you never I know. Get out there, are selfish, there are selfish people out there. There are probably parents who have said, you know what? If I could, if I could swap my life around, I probably would. I, I have no doubt oh, that there's probably people out there who would, absolutely. who would trade their kids in for the single life. But I don't think that it's their single friends that it would be their fault. Do me a favor, both of you, stay there for a second. Let me just bring Tony in. Tony, hi, how are you? Good afternoon, Noel. How are you? Sorry for keeping you so long, Tony. Uh, Tony, no, it's okay. uh, how many kids do you have, Tony? Two. Two. If you could go back, if you could go back and tell little Tony, eighteen years of age, even though I know you love your kids and you wouldn't part with them for the world, if you could go back and right. tell, ask, or say to little Tony, you know, listen, do do or don't have single, kids. Single, I wouldn't change a single thing. We had them in our early twenties, twenty one, twenty two. It was in the eighties. Times were really tough, as you well know, Noel. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a shilling to be had. Yeah, very little work. But I can honestly hold my hand on my heart and say. They were the best years of my life when my kids were small because I knew oh. exactly where they were. I put them to bed yeah. and they were safe. Then they're grown up. They're turned into teenagers. You're worried sick about them. Can I go here? Can I go there? Of course you can, but you're being picked up. No, I don't want to be picked up the usual. <laughs> and then they get older again and then they start they start having part they start having a partner, they start having their own families, they get a mortgage, you worry about that. All the changes with kids is your worries change. This girl has to be taken away from them children. There's no yeah. way in the world I've ever in my and I can hold my hand on my heart and say I've never even said I dislike my children or I should have waited later to have them because there's never the right time to have children. Having children is something that you do. If you have to wait until every single thing is in place, you're just going to be left waiting forever. Mm. That's how I feel. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this girl should not be near a six innocent. But does it does it surprise you, by the way? Does it, but does it just surprise you that 
on average, about 15 to 20 percent, 15 to 20 percent of people or parents regret having well, no, children. I've never heard anyone saying it. I've never, oh, I have. I'm nearly 60 years of age, same as yourself. No, I've heard people saying, Oh, god, I should have waited until I was a bit late or I a bit well more prepared, but I've never ever heard anyone saying I regret having and as towards hatred for your children. She ought to be ashamed of herself. Does she not realize how lucky she is? to have two healthy children. I mean, there's poor children out there with special needs that the parents are constant 24-7 care for them and they still love their children. This woman is an absolute disgrace and the man should kick her into such. So he should I don't mean that in a literal sense. I mean, Jessica, is Tony right? Should the husband say, listen, get the hell out of the house if you hate her kids? I think he should give her, at least give her the option to say, look, either get some serious help, some, ser- some yeah. sit down with a therapist, get some serious help, or, I'm sorry, if, if you, can if you, you really feel that way, leave the kid's life. How yeah. can you go from hate to love? Hate is a very strong... I just feel it would be fair to at least give her a chance to get some help. I don't, I don't feel... I don't feel like kicking her out would be the drastic option. The children are six and nine and she hates them. Yeah, before no, we know, Jess, these, I think you're right. These feelings could have these feelings could have come up at any point. I don't know if she's hate them all her life or if it's only recently. Hold on, I think at least massive, give her a chance a massive, to change. That's an enormous thing to say. No, that's an enormous statement to say. Even to say you don't like your it. It is enormous. Is yeah, a, and I do think it's disgraceful that she's saying that. But she at least deserves but a chance a woman to see to turn a therapist. Says you hate our children. I, I understand what Tony is saying, Jessica. I mean, in all my years, you know, there, there have been moments where you go, oh, Jesus, I'm not cut out for this. Or oh, whatever. The drive you around the yeah, yeah, but, I, but I have never, ever even thought in my head that I oh, hated my children. I'm not saying no, our house like, was a little house on the prairie. It wasn't. <laughs> it was just a normal household. And then when the kids when they got all the teenagers, there was pandemonium in the house at times. But you have to deal with that as a parent no, 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 I completely agree with you. It is a disgraceful thing for any parent to say, whether it's the dad or the mother, whether it's any of them saying it, it's, it's disgraceful. But it's I do totally think she should at least be... No, and I, I get that I agree with you on that, but I do think at least let her see some serious therapy. If that doesn't work, then say, right, you're not allowing the kids no, lives. We're, we're divorcing. Yeah, sorry, Angela. Angela, go ahead. Who, hang on, Tony. Hang on, Tony and Jessica. I, I missed the very start. Who sent in the email? The woman? No, the man. The husband. She, she the keep, man. Yeah, so okay. he, she keeps ringing him and asking him to come home from work and he can't keep taking time off work. She decided to stay at home with the kids nine years ago, obviously, when she had her first child and they could afford yeah. it. Yeah. And she's hanging around with a single mate, you know, who's kind of, yeah. he believes is a so, bad influencer. Well, I wouldn't even blame the friend. No, I wouldn't blame the friend. The way I look at it is that, like as Jess said there, she needs some serious help. She definitely needs some serious help, you know, and if I were her, I would sit the husband, I would sit down with the husband and say, I need to go somewhere. And it's going to sound stupid now because I'm not one of these types of people. I need to get away and find myself and find exactly (laughs) what I want in life. I need to go backpacking myself. (laughs) Yeah, to Thailand. (laughs) Yeah, you you know, over to Barbados there for two months. Yeah. But, um, no, I do. I think she, she definitely needs to go and talk to someone. She definitely has to talk to someone before anything happens. You know, before he kicks her out, before the kids start hating her, because they are going to realise this. They might be six and nine, but they're not stupid if they know that 
you know, that mommy isn't as effective. Well, well they're not anymore. stupid because the husband in the email says his daughter is now coming to him regularly crying, saying that when he's not there, the mother's constantly shouting at them. Right. Yeah. And the kids yeah. know so they thrive on love and affection. Kids oh, yeah. But that's, all, but that's all kids affection. actually want is love they and affection. They will detect this straight away. Their little natural, their little natural ability yeah. to detect that straight away that when the daddy comes in, they'll be running to the daddy. Mm. Yeah, I mean, and then and just, we're, that happens a lot anyway. A you'd have mommy's, mommy's the ruler, and daddy comes home after work, and uh, you know, mommy's been shouting all day. That happens a lot of time anyway. But with this, I definitely think he needs to sit her down and say, "Right, you need to go and get help about this." Um, I really and honestly think that you should go and see a counselor or a therapist or somebody or a psychologist or somebody who can help you. How do you and help like, someone for to love their children, though? Honestly, how do you... Like, well, there's yeah, obviously... Like, where do you start? He's got a point, Angela. If you're, if you're with a partner or a husband, right, and you fall out of love, and you hate your husband, yeah. right, and you want out of yeah. the marriage, oh, you can go to all yeah. the marriage counsellors you want. You can't force That's someone true. to love somebody. <laughs> You know no, what I mean? You can't. No. And you and I both know that. Now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you can't force someone yeah. to love somebody. That just doesn't happen. Love is a very natural thing. And Tony's right. I don't think you can train someone to love their their own kids. They either love them or they don't. Well, I don't think it's. I don't think it's a sit down and you know, let's do a computer course on this and see how you tr- you know you love your kids. But there is something. There is something has kicked this off, because if she has the child at nine and six. Three years after she had a nine year, the, the, the nine-year-old, she had the six-year-old. So something has kicked this off. Maybe maybe and he I pressured her into... I mean, there is cases where yeah. a woman doesn't want children, husband puts pressure on her to have children, she was never cut out for it, doesn't want them, but she does it because she thinks yeah. that's the right thing to do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, in my head also I was thinking, did she ever even want the kids? Uh, or is it a thing uh, of I'm pregnant and, you know, wh- what can I do? And the father's like, well, you're having it and that's it. I mean, I know a guy who was married and he had three kids. He never wanted them, never wanted children. Yeah. He kept saying to his wife all along, I don't want children. He just, he had no interest in children whatsoever. And yeah. um, she had one child. That was kind of bad enough. And I put the marriage on the rocks because he just wasn't interested. It just wasn't part of his yeah. life, wasn't part of his life plan. So then to try and make the marriage better... She decided to get pregnant again. She decided, not him. She decided, yeah. and she had twins. He left oh. her two years later. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. A good friend of mine was the same. They had a couple of kids. the The marriage was on the rocks. All of that. And next, suddenly, she had a. She had. Um, she got pregnant again, thinking that that would fix it. Yeah, and it doesn't. Fix no, it. Let, let's it let's all be clear about this. Yeah. It doesn't save a marriage. Now I've seen so many people do that, having a child to save a marriage. It doesn't work. It actually makes it worse. Oh yeah, you're all happy out while the pregnancy is going on, and then as soon as the baby yeah. comes in and the sleepless nights start again, you're doomed again. <laughs> but so, so let me just go to Martin. Martin, hi, how are you? I'm very well. Good afternoon, Lyle. Good afternoon to you, Martin. Uh, now, Martin, in, in relation to having kids, firstly, you have uh, some daughters, from what I remember. Um, do you ever, do you ever, do you ever regret having children? If you could go back and tell little Martin, you know, about your life, would you, would you say have kids, or would you say, look, don't have kids? Absolutely not. Um, your life is is your life, and you you make the best of of the hand that you're dealt. If I could just say 
No, before, before we, we get into the topic that Elaine rang me on, I do apologise for, for literally misspeaking the other night. I was very tired, and, and that remark I made about... Uh, oh, Martin, stop. Would you stop? I, I know Jay mentioned, Jay mentioned it to me last night, but I was working remotely last night, so I wasn't there. Yeah, but, I know. Yeah. But Jane did say it to me last night, and I said, I know exactly what it is, and then Martin is taking this way too seriously. Martin, it was water off a duck's back. I'm... I've really it was it was still it was still an egregious thing to say, but I was very tired, and in no. those circumstances, I have a kind of a Tourette's almost. My mouth runs. <laughs> I do that brain. too. I do that. I meant too. to say so. I meant to say something, and it came out entirely wrong. Anyway, yeah. To the subject, in, to the subject in hand, um, you mentioned a friend of yours who uh, didn't want children, and his wife did. I, I just don't understand why they didn't discuss that before they got married. Um, but in his, in, my, in my friend's case, they did. And he constantly told her he didn't want children. But they went ahead and got married anyway. He, she obviously thought he changed his mind. He didn't change his mind. And then they got pregnant twice, once with twins. And that was the end of the marriage. But I'm sure if, if he maintained that he didn't want children, I'm sure she maintained that she did. So there was an immediate, you know, there was a, there was a barrier there that was never going to... Mm. Barrier was never going to disappear. I think. I think that's where the the bad decision was made. They should have. Just, they should have decided. Well, we're not ready for each other because, Absolutely. you know, it's not going to work. I knew but that. The, okay, getting back. Getting back to this woman and the husband who wrote in the email to us saying that she's told him she hates her own children. It's not uncommon, um, by the way. It's not uncommon. It does happen. I, I, I'm sure it can happen, but um, I think. I've only just joined the conversation because I'm at work and I'm just I'm just grabbing a lunch now to to, to use my time rather than the company's time. Uh, one of the ladies there mentioned um, the possibility that does uh, this lady has a friend and the husband seems to think that there is a degree of influence there. I would say do not discount that possibility because I can tell you there was a there was a very high degree of interference in my marriage from a third party mm. you know and yeah. it all it, for years we were happy and then it just all it all went wrong now it didn't it, I mean obviously it, it, my daughters were, were, were well older when, when my wife and I separated but the people do fall into a situation where they're listening to others and they're being influenced by others but when Elaine contacted me she mentioned there was some survey done, mm. and unfortunately, I don't have the I don't have the details of the survey. Who conducted it? Who paid for it? Where was it conducted? What was the What was the panel of questions? Okay, I give you I give you a very a very brief thing. So it was Jennifer Glass from the University of Texas in Austin, and she's a demographer uh, who studies relationships between parenthood and well being. And she talked about the fact that, you know, there's a happiness bump when, when parents have babies for the first year, but that uh, quickly dissipates. And she also said, parents often refer to their children as being their pride and joy, but the research tells a different story. Having kids doesn't necessarily make people happier. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily make people happier. So her conclusion from that is that, uh, what, what did you say, 15% of women well, it, it, hate it. No, no, not that. I didn't say hate their kids. There are regrets. I mean, depending on people's financial circumstances, anywhere between 13 and 24% of people regret having children. 
again, I would I would wonder what way was the question phrased. I mean, if someone says to me, "Do you regret having children?" I regret certain things in my life. I don't regret having the children, but I regret some of the decisions I made around my children mm. as to you know which job do I stay in the job I'm in or do I take the job I've been offered? The the, the, the schools they go. I mean, there are all kinds of things that will will impact. How, how you look mm. back on your life and your relationship with your children, all kinds of things. Mm. But I would say, there are, I would, I would certainly hope there are very few parents who would, who would say they hate their they children. Hate their children. So, I, so what should, so what should, uh, just quickly, Mark, because I, I want to get some Morrison Bernie too. But what should he, what should he do in this situation? Should he ask his wife to go to counselling? Should he leave her? Should he tell her to get out? I mean, it is a strong word to say you hate your children. Yeah, well, what I would do, and I don't know, maybe he's already done it. I would sit her down, take her away, whatever. Let someone else take care of the kids for a weekend. Take her away. Have a conversation. What is it about each of our children that you hate? I want you to actually sit down and tell Well, well, she said that clearly to him. She said... She says her social life has been destroyed, her holidays in the summer, her finances, and she said there's nothing positive about it. Yeah, so so it's what she's doing is she's saying the circumstance she's in is what she hates. Yeah. Do you know, like, I, I'm, I'm and, she's bla- and she's blaming the kids for that, I suppose. Yeah. Okay, she's, she's blaming the kids for that, but she made the decision to have the children. Now, what is it she wants to do to change those, the circumstance that she's in? Like there's no point to she there's no point in her blaming the children. The children can't do anything about it. She's the adult. He's an adult. If she feels un, totally unhappy and in, uncontent with her life, she's an adult. She needs to explain to her husband exactly what it what it is she wants to do, rather than being a moaning mini. What steps do you want to take? What positive steps do you want to take? And for him to support her in that, so long as those steps also contribute to her relationship with her children. I doubt if, if she may say she hates her children, but I would say really what she's saying or what she means, something like me the other night, what she means is she hates the circumstance that she's in and she's blaming her children for it. But that's different to having an actual hatred for anyone. Martin, do me a favor. I need to go to Morris as well. And thank you, Morris. Uh, Martin, and I appreciate that. And I know you're on your on your lunch there. Um, let me go to Morris as well. Morris, hi, how are you? Niall, how are you doing? Yeah, I was very surprised at the wording of some of the stuff you posted um, that she admitted that she actually hated her children. They were the, word, they were the words terrible. she used, yeah. When he, when he comes home. Yeah. And she yeah. said this to him on a few occasions, not just once, I believe, you know, that she hates her children and hates her life. And hates I know, everything. when I told you... Yeah, I would. Yeah, and you know, I was thinking there when you were talking to Martin, was she being greedy? Does she want to live a single life within a marriage, missing out on everything? But you don't miss out on those things when you're putting your life into your children. My mother always said it to us when she read ten of us: grow up with your children, don't live in the past. And like I was away with my son a few years ago, and when people found out we were son and father, uh, guys approached me in their thirties, forties, and fifties and said, "I'd love to have that relationship with me dad that he's there." Although your father and son, you're good mates, you're good friends, you're there for each other. I said, well, that sort of comes up through growing up in a positive household. Yeah. Because for me, looking at your children, I have grandchildren, yes, nearly the same age, a little bit younger than those kids. And I'd hate to think of my daughter for a minute, hated those kids. You know, but she's really not in a good place. Because as you know, and I know, and everybody else listening to this podcast, 
a six-year-old boy was buried yesterday yeah. because something went wrong. What a and shocking story. Anymore. What a That's shocking. A, yeah. a horrible, and I listened to that man and it broke my heart listening to him. He's a broken man now. His soul is executed because everything he lived for and everything he loved in this life was taken away from him. And when we find out the truth, we'll find out the truth. Yeah. But what a beautiful child. You know, but I think this woman probably needs a little bit of help. I think the husband should have a look at the situation and gauge, is he helping her or is he there as much as she is? Or is she putting in 70% or 80% and he's only doing 20? Now, okay, if he's the bread earner, fine. But she's totally entranced in not being there, not wanting them. But hate is a very strong word. That's somebody that's struggling. Yeah, but, so but in, now in fair, but in Morris, in fairness, in the email, he does say that he takes quite a substantial amount of time off work, even his boss has concerns because he's taking time yeah. off work because she's ringing, obviously flustered, and he's going home and going, look, one yeah. out for a few hours, I look after the kids. So he is trying his best. He, I think, he's putting it down to her mate, her friend, her best friend, who is Being single, yeah. single, and has no kids, and and he obviously yeah, believes that's know, bad yeah, influence. Yeah. They were, they were called years ago dinkies, double income, no kids, yes. Yeah. You know, um, that's that's the way it is. That's the way it was referred and, to. And if you've got kids and financial woes and all those kind of things, because kids do bring financial yeah. woes, looking at those people, the dinkies as you call them, it can make you quite jealous. Yeah. You know, you kind of think, I wish I had that life maybe sometimes. Well, some people are selfish and they don't want children. You know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's selfish. No, well, I, Mars, now I don't think it's well, selfish not to want children. Some people just don't want children. That's fine. That's no, their I think choice. people, I, there is people out there, Noel, that are into materialistic stuff, and they say, "I don't want children. I don't want to have children. I want to have a good life. I want to have a that's good fine, quality." But that's okay. Nice cars and a house. Yeah, oh, yeah, but, but I don't. No, but you're, but, but you're saying that's selfish. I don't think that's selfish. I just think that's their life choice. Um, no, no, no. I think they're looked upon as being selfish people. Well, they should be. They're only into themselves. Me, me, me. Like, do you think a child that's born into a single parent family, or sorry, uh, one, one child in a family, and they say it's a lo- one child is a lonely child, they could grow up to be the best parent ever. You know, children are like your marriage, Noel. You only get back what you put in. My mother told me that your children are like your marriage. If you put nothing in, you'll get nothing back. Well, if this guy is being called there will walk for a six and a nine-year-old and she's not happy and she's only happy when she's away from the children and away from him, I think he needs to go to a marriage guidance counsellor and find out what's going on with her and see. And basically, it could be her way of telling them in a roundabout way, I don't want to be married to you anymore. I'm out. That could oh, well, be- well I, 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 with the way she is at the moment, I think the kids are better off without her, to be honest with you. She's not a very functional mother if she's telling her husband that she hates her own children. Uh, Morris, thank you for that. Uh, let me go to Bernie. Bernie, hi, how are you? <laughs> Grand Nile, um, I just got the tail end of that, but I really think that lady is struggling because uh, I just feel that it's a, it, she's telling him that she doesn't want to be there. And I mean, there is women who have walked away from their children at a, when they're in young, tender ages yep. and live life and you can't stop them. And I think she, she needs, they need to sit down and be open and say, right, okay, it's not working for me. I want to leave. And I don't think she's, I, I, you can be influenced, but I think at the end of the day, you still have, you know your responsibilities when you have a child. You know, you just know that you're responsible. Did you ever regret barely having children? No, I had my first child at 22. Hmm. Which was very young. I didn't I, and again, the question I'm asking everybody is, and, and I know you love your children dearly and you wouldn't part with them for the world. I wouldn't change that for the world, right? But if you didn't know you had them and you could go back and tell yourself, young Bernie, at 18 years of age, 
to have children or not have children? What would you say? I would say have children. Mm-hmm. because they were the best thing that ever happened to me as a person. Because, uh, you know, I was one of 12, I'm the oldest of 12 children. And you think that I would have said never, no way, not having children, because I was rearing children from the age of seven. Um, and it never left this sour taste to me. They they gave my brothers and sisters, even though they were in the 50s and 60s, I still I still loved the time I spent with them and got to know them as children. And I had four children myself, and I have seven grandchildren. So mm-hmm. I, I just think that there's... I wouldn't, my life wouldn't be the same. I wouldn't be at function without them. But I can see where that lady is really struggling. I would, I would have more sympathy for her because I really feel that she needs a time out. I she don't know whether I have sympathy, Bernie, to be honest with you. When, when the husband's coming home and the daughter, who's nine, is crying, saying the mammy was shouting at us all day, and, he, and then the mammy is, or the, the, the wife is turning around to the husband and saying she hates her children, and he's in and out of work all day trying to give her time out and getting into trouble in work just so he can go home and let her out for a few hours. Now, mind you, the kids yeah. are in school during the day, uh, so she has plenty of time to herself during the day. So Yeah, but she was, it was also her decision to stay at home against his wishes. He said you should go back to work, but she said no, she wants to be a stay-at-home mum too. So but these are all her decisions, and yet she seems oh, to sorry, hate her own de- she seems to hate her own decisions. I mean, you know yourself when you had your first child, you know, you expected, I thought the nurse was going to take them for two weeks and I kind of get, you know, get used to the whole idea of being a mother. I didn't know anything really. I was a bit stupid. Yeah. But you quickly realise that this is your fresh and blood and that you are responsible for 24-7. It's a huge inconvenience, you know, when you start out, if I'm honest. Of course. You know, because you don't know, you're, you're upside down, you don't know, you're terrified. Yeah, you're, you're not sleeping. Yeah, yeah. And I was costing a fortune. Yeah, I know all of but, that. And but. Yeah, but when you get to six and nine year of age, you, you feel you've made you've laid the groundwork. You know, you have done the groundwork. You've kind of got them up. You, they're not not they're now to nappies. They're in school. They're being educated. So you're bringing them to and from school. You should look at maybe developing your own life. Then maybe start looking at something like, oh well, I'd like to to study whatever. And you have a few hours in the morning when they're gone to school. Maybe she should look at that. Maybe she's just you know staying at home and not doing that. Staring at four walls every day is not good for you at all. And the husband is there because he's, he's obviously, you know, afraid of his life that anything will go wrong. So he's coming home and putting himself in, in trouble with his boss. Mm. And like, at the end of the day, she has to be, she has, somebody has to listen to her. Somebody has to take her aside and go, um, what do you want? Like, you know, is it mental? Is it physical? Do you need to move away? Do you need to leave our children and go? Because you'd rather find out now than, than make her go through the, re- the kids being unhappy for the rest of their day. Like, so... Do you think she's going to leave or do you think he should tell her to leave? Because I I, because it's a really, it's a really, stra- whatever about saying, you know, when the husband comes home, oh, geez, the kids are driving me mad today. You wouldn't talk to little Tommy there, will you? You know, he's, oh, yeah. or, listen, I tell you what, there's any chance you could take tomorrow off. I just want to go out and walk for a walk or something. That's all fine, right? But to turn around to your husband and say, I hate our children. I, mean, I think she that's, should be given I, 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 I get her to leave. I get her to, to stay away. I get her to move on and see what it's like on her own for a while. Give her a few months away and maybe get somebody to come in. At least you know your children are safe. Get some good, somebody good to come in and mind your children and let her go. Yeah, because if anything happened, you wouldn't forgive yourself. No, and then let her go. Let her find out whatever she thinks she's missing because I guarantee you, the big bad world is there. She'd be coming back after a few months going, no, mm-hmm. I love my children. You know, but she needs, I, I'd let her go. I'd say, look, this is not working. Sit down with her and say, I don't think this is going to is working for you at the moment. I think we need to find somebody who's going to love our children and you go. Yeah. So we'll stay there for a second. Let me go to Jason as well. Jason, hi, how are you? Good afternoon, hi, how are you? Good. You heard what Bernie said, let her go. 
I'm listening to Bernie there. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with quite a lot. But instead of putting it that way, I'd give her the option. Just, I, I think she's in a rut. I think the baby stage is over where she, she's in control. You know, she decides what the kids are doing, where they're going, when they're going to bed. At this age, as we all know, they're starting to find themselves, starting to test the boundaries, starting to push. It's not the same as it was when they were babies, you know that way? Yeah. Our friend, I think, is a big problem. I think our friend has a lot to do with this. Yeah. Um, I think she's there all day, as you said, the kids are now in school. She's spending a lot of time on Facebook now, on Instagram. She's strolling through TikTok. She's seen all these videos going out of women screaming how they're oppressed and how, you, you know you know the type of stuff that's out there now. You, you know, if you slip into one of these rabbit holes, you'll be just bombarded with, you know, you know, you know what's going on with the feminist movement. And then you, she's looking at these lawyers where these women are jetting off all over the place and they're TikTok influencers and all. But have you, have you ever had regrets? You've nine kids. No, uh, no, I've never had regrets over the kids. I've had regrets over the decisions I've made around them. Uh, but that's more to me as being a father, not not for having them, never. But mm. I knew from a young age, I always wanted to be a dad. It's just something about me. But, if, but if you go, go back, and, and I know you, and I keep saying this to people, I know you love all your kids, Jason. I know you really do love every single yeah. one of them, right? Uh, but leaving the park that, and you wouldn't change it for the world, park all of that. But if you could go back to Jason, you know, the, the Jason, that little girl here at 19 years, 19 years of age, and say, a bit of advice for you, Jason, don't have kids or do have kids, which would you say? Definitely have kids. Yeah. All nine Definitely of them. Definitely, Noel, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Mm. You know, who do I stop at? Who do I stop at? You know, because no, no, but, no, no, but you're missing the point no, of making. You, you know wouldn't know. I mean, you wouldn't you know, know you had them. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, obviously, yeah, but like now that I do, I, I wouldn't know who to stop it. But no, I think, I think they're brilliant. I mean, we need them. At the end of the day, we need them to keep this world going. I mean, no, and when I know that, we, we, we have a problem know. with population at the moment. I know that's a huge problem yeah. in the world. But, but, it is. Some people say there's not enough. Some people say there's too many. You know, there's always going to be problems out there. But I think this lady needs some serious, serious help. I think her husband needs to get her in to talk to somebody together and on her own and let her make the decisions. Because if she's forced to do anything, Noel, I mean, well, last night I was at home just because it was Valentine's night and I watched the news with my 11-year-old son and he asked me why was I crying and I said, that poor man's biggest fears came true. He wasn't there to protect his son. And can you imagine the conversation I had to have with him? Because he kept asking me, how did he die? Like, what do you mean he drowns? And then when he heard that, it was the mother. He said, why would the man... Okay, you, you, can't, you can't get too much into the case at the moment, Jason. I understand what, you, what you're talking about. Sorry, I do understand. Yeah. But yeah, I had to go through it with him. And it broke my heart saying, some people, this is just what happens. But that lady needs help. There's warning flags there. There's red flags there. If this was a woman talking about a man, you, mm. you know, and the, the, yeah. the husband was saying, I hate the kids. He'd be out of the house now. Like, the guy oh, no, I... I, I and, and that's the difference, isn't it? You are 100% right. If this yeah. was an email from a woman saying her husband comes home regularly and says he hates his kids, you know, you're yeah. right, the guards be called. Straight away, but if he throws her out of that house, she walks into court now, the way the court system has worked in this country, he'd be put out and she'd be put in. No, I know, you know I know, and even though she's a danger to the kids. This needs to be talked out. This can't be forced on anybody. This needs to be her decision. She needs to be watched, I mean, properly watched, and he needs to get rid of that friend. Okay, let me just go to Mary if I can, uh, just before I finish up today. Mary, hi, how are you? Hello, Niall, how are you? Good. Mary, uh, well, I, I know you've got seven children. Yeah, that's right. Okay, that's a nice big family. Uh, you must have very little time on your hands. <laughs> so, no, you, I'm grand now, they're all, they're all grown up, thank okay. God. <laughs> and what, what, what was, what's the youngest and what's the oldest, by the way? My oldest is 50 and my youngest is 30. 
Okay, so there was a kind of 20 years. For 20 years, you had children, essentially. You were having children. I was always pregnant, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for 20 years. Okay. Yeah, every, certainly yeah. every second year or so, anyway. Um, and was that yeah. tough, Mary? Well, I'm going to be honest with you. My husband walked away all his life. Mm. I'd only stayed my husband every six weeks. I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. Now, I didn't like the fact that she had to go away. But I, my life kind of centered around my children. You see, I'm 70 now, so it's a different world than now having yeah. children, isn't it? Well, it is, of course. We're living yeah. in a horrible world now, bringing well, up children now. It's, very it's a lot more, but certainly a lot more materialistic than it was then. Yeah. yeah. Where years ago, every mm. go, everyone got trained. Clothes, the same tyres, it's all completely, I actually loved it. And it was quite common, by the way, you know, going back whenever it was, 30, 40 years ago, for people to have five yeah, or seven yeah. children. Yeah, Yeah. well, you see, I came from a big family, and yeah. I actually get empty nests in them. I actually have all my children actually living around me at right. the moment. Okay. We all live around the corner. I couldn't imagine my life without them, but I'm not judging anyone else that hasn't got that, because that's not fair. There's people out there that can't have them, God love them. But that woman does sound that she has a big problem and I would not be leaving my children on me all my whore. No, I wouldn't. It's a very strong word to say you hate your children, isn't it? For, oh, oh my God, yeah. Mm. Well, you do say, I mean, we're not the Waltons. I've had my problems, believe you. Yeah, me, of course. Yeah, I'm sure you felt like bouncing them off the wall every now and again. Of yeah. course yeah. I've had yeah. big ones. Yeah. More big ones than small ones. But I loved them. Yeah. I actually tried to be there for them. Tried to be their, their friend. And our mother, and our father sometimes, because he's laid back, you know. Mm. But uh, to say that you actually hate your children, no, there's something wrong there, but um, he, I actually feel sorry for her husband. Yeah, I, I kind of do too, and I think I genuinely, although I don't believe it's the friend's fault, I believe her friend is just a really bad influence. You know? Yeah, how old is she? Don't mind me asking, but how, how old is this lady? But, but it doesn't mention her age, but I'm assuming she's reasonably young. Because she's got two children, six nine, yeah. Well, you see, and she's hanging yeah, out. With a, she's hanging out with a, a woman who's single and has no kids, so that's not good. Do you know, and that's not the woman's fault for being single and no kids. But no, that's not a good influence on her. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it actually when I was young myself. Uh, yeah. uh, a girl I knew thought she'd never have babies, and she had actually five. But she loved them when they were babies. But as soon as they start walking and talking, she lost complete interest. And she actually ended up walking out when she had not, the husband actually had to tell her to go. And he, ra and he raised the children. Yeah. He raised five children and done an yeah. absolute brilliant job. Now, she still sees them, but she was absolutely a horrible mother. And how her children would be so normal, actually more normal than me all now. And I have a husband. Yeah. They grew up with brilliant careers. He done a fantastic job. Where if that woman had stayed, God knows what would have happened to him. God knows what yeah. mental they would have had uh, oh, something wrong with him. Yeah. Basically, you know, in their head, God loved them. Because, because if you start to hate your own children, I'm assuming you become abusive. And by the way, in the email, she mentions, or he mentions, that the daughter who's nine came to him crying, saying that the mother shouts at them all the time. I would tell you, no, I wouldn't be able to And if that was one of my daughters treating their children like that, I would actually take them off around my partner. I would do what you have to. I, I could absolutely agree with you. Mary, listen, thank you for joining us today. Jason, thank you for joining us today. Loads of comments, by the way, coming in. As Tricia says, no, I have no regrets at all. My son and my grandchildren, 
mean the world to me. Someone close to me would love to have children, but can't. My heart breaks for her. Uh, that woman seriously needs help. I wouldn't risk leaving her any longer with the children. Um, let me see. John says on WhatsApp, I don't know what, I don't know many people who regret having children, but surely this would be very hurtful to your children if they found out that you did regret them. Just a thought of the show. Uh, Iris says, uh, no regrets. My daughter is 20, but I would be very wary about what's happening to our children in schools. And though my parents are losing some rights over their children's education, definitely worrying. Uh, John says, I have a daughter who's nine uh, that we went through a lot to have. I wouldn't swap her for the world. Never regretted it for one second. My only sadness is not having a sibling for her. Molly says, the concept of equality between the sexes is a difficult one to reconcile with having children. The workloads defaults most, almost exclusively to the mother in most cases. Working women are not always prepared for this and can end up delusioned and angry. Uh, and I would agree with you, by the way. But the other thing, only thing I'll say is it was her decision, not his, for her to stay at home and mind the kids. He encouraged her to go back to work, but she decided she wanted to stay at home. And I think the single friend had a lot of influence in that too. So she could hang out with her single buddy on a regular basis. Um, let me see. Was there? Oh, yes. Another one there as well. God, the amount of comments. Ranza says, hi, sometimes we think about our life before him. Sometimes we, especially my wife, compare our life with our friends with no kids and say, damn, they are so free. Plus, we are constantly alone as we are foreigners, so we don't have any help. On the other hand, on the other end, I think that having kids later is much worse. So it depends from day to day. But you are definitely more free without kids and richer economically. And when you have hard times, it's easy to go down. But when I'm in, when I'm down, uh, I'm assuming they must have won the kids. Always cheers me up with his 24-7 happiness. Due to the society we live in, it's easy to crack. Well, it certainly is due to the society we live in. Speaking of the society we live in, by the way. In about an hour or so, I'm going to be interviewing Senator Sharon Kyogen in relation to what's happening in Drogheda today. And as you know, the D Hotel, which is a fabulous hotel, by the way, in Drogheda, which is a huge part of the, uh, the economy uh, in Drogheda, um, will be used to house 500 refugees. I imagine these are currently the refugees who have Tent City in Mount Street behind the IPAS Centre, um, uh, which is, it looks out of this... <laughs> There's no words to describe what's happening in the country. And I said at the start of the show, you voted for these people in power. You didn't know what they were going to do. And I have never, in, my, in all my years, I have never seen a government be so intentionally reckless. I've seen governments do reckless things. I've seen corruption in governments throughout the time with Charlie Hawley and many other people as well. But I've never seen a government intentionally be so reckless and go against the will of the people so much and create so much division in society. I've never seen this division that we have between the right and the left or the extreme right and the extreme left. And that has been created by the government. Don't be blaming Jonner or Mary or people in Eastwall or people in Finglas or people in Drada or people. Don't blame them. Yes, there are elements in, within those that are criminal elements. There's no doubt about that. But they're genuinely, most of them are just concerned people. And what the government have done is divided society by their reckless policies when it comes to immigration. And what they're saying, by the way, when they turn around and their little sound bites and they say, but you know, foreign people coming to Ireland have added so much to our economy. They're 100% right. But that's not what people are angry about. You know, our economy needs people. We need people from all over the world to come into, come into our economy. And we have a visa process to do that. In our health service, in our education system, in our hospitality industry, what's left of it. We need people 
to come from all over the world because we don't have a big enough population and a big enough workforce. And Ireland, you know, we welcome diversity. We welcome all of that. So don't let the government make you out to be a bunch of racists because you're not. What we don't need is a complete free-for-all policy where anybody with no, with no checks, could have a criminal record, no passport, no documentation, who is going to be a drain on society because they may never work, as we've seen in some situations, um, should just wander into the country. That's not an immigration policy. And don't be fooled by the sound bites you've heard over the last two days where they say they're going to crack down on it. They're not going to crack down on it. They're going to keep doing what they've done yesterday. And you can see that. They're continuing to do it every single day. And they won't be happy till they fill every single hotel in this country. And what happens to tourism then? What happens to small towns in rural Ireland who are being destroyed economically by this? We only spoke to Paul Javot, the restaurateur, the other day. And he talked about how the fact that the local hotels now have immigrants on them who don't spend money like tourism. No fault to them, by the way. And by the way, don't blame the refugees. Don't blame the immigrants. It's not their fault. They're taking advantage of a system. I mean, if you were in that situation and you were in London somewhere and you were afraid that Richie Sunak was going to kick you out of the country at some point and you thought, I'll go to Ireland, I'll get a put up on a hotel, I'll get a few quid every week and eventually they'll get me a house. You'd do it, wouldn't you? So don't blame the immigrants. It's not their fault. It's our fault. Our government's fault. Blame them. I'll be talking to Sharon Kogan very shortly and I'll put that interview. It will be up on Twitter and Facebook and on our website in about an hour or so, an hour, an hour and a half. Thank you to everybody, by the way, who supports our show regularly. We like to bring you those topics that mainstream media won't touch. And certainly with the attitude, and we obviously ask all the right questions that mainstream media won't ask. But we can't do that without your help. We do social issues like we did today. We do news stories like we did yesterday about the money that's been spent on Ukrainians' pets, for example. Stories that other places won't do. We let you come on the air and have your opinion uncensored. The show costs probably roughly between... 70 and 130 euro per day to operate because that's what it costs us between the cost of uploading electricity and everything else we're paying for that ourselves we do get some money from subscriptions on the website we do get some money people have donated once or twice to us and thank you very much indeed because that pays the bills for a couple of days when you send it a donation but as you can see we don't have advertising on the live stream it's free you're watching it now for free aren't you you can download it from Spotify later on iTunes and all the usual places and our website for free. The other thing we ever ask you to pay for is if you want to look at some of the interviews that we don't put up live. But it's really important that you support us because we can't do it without your support. And we are at a very critical point. There's three of us here that work on this and we, we don't get paid. And we all have our own full-time jobs. But we're at a critical point where we have to make a decision as to whether it's viable to do or not as much as we love doing it. So we're asking you to support us. It costs five ninety nine a month to subscribe plus tax, or you can donate if you want to, just a one-off donation. Go to the website, nileboylan.com. So please do support us. We want to keep doing this every day. We want to make it bigger as well. We have a plan to make it bigger, which we can't afford to do. But with your help, we can do that. So it gets into more homes and more people hear what we have to say and what, our, what you have to say and what our guests that we interview have to say. The ones that are normally not heard on radio because people get cancelled and silenced. So please support us. Go to our website, nileboylan.com. Subscribe or donate. Also, by the way, yesterday I spoke to Sil Fox. You may remember the entertainer Sil Fox, who was falsely accused of a sexual assault, which destroyed his life. He's now taken a case, a landmark ruling against the DPP. 
We talked to Sil yesterday. He's 90, nearly 91 years of age. And the man has been through hell. All over a false allegation. He lost his career. He lost everything. And if anybody ever seen the video, the CCTV video that cleared his, his good name, it was quite clear that the woman who made the allegation lied and made the whole thing up. I don't know why. Maybe she thought she got him to get money out of it or something. I don't know. Anyway, we, we spoke to Sil yesterday and we recorded an interview and we'll pop that out as well later on, either today or tomorrow morning. These are all going to be available on the website if you subscribe. Thank you very much to everybody who joined us today. Thank you for supporting us. And for those who can't afford to support us, thank you very much indeed. You watch it every day and that's good for us too. All we ask you to do, if you can't afford it, is tell a friend about the show. Just tell somebody you know, one person about the show who doesn't know about it already and where to tune in and how to tune in. But please, if you can financially support us, please do it. NileBoylan.com. I'll be back again with you tomorrow at 12. Have a great day. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Podcast. Listen live on Facebook, YouTube, and all the usual live stream services. To get in touch, just WhatsApp or text 085-100-2255. The Niall Boylan Podcast. They told me to shut up. Available for download from all your usual platforms.